glad you have returned to OMN's Coffee Shop Conversations, which always take place at World Cup Coffee and Tea, Northwest 18th and Gleason. I'm Tom D'Antoni, and today we're going to find out why Rob Stroop, singer, songwriter, composer, producer, and recording engineer, is moving his studio and the rest of his life from Portland, where they were all born, to New Mexico. I know, surprising, right? Rob and his wife Naomi, a duo they call Moody Little Sister, took a long time to come to this life-changing decision. A lot of music has come through his 8-Ball studio, including the latest by Deborah Arlen. He's got lots of gigs before the move. His fourth annual camping concert begins Friday, August 25th, through Sunday, August 27th, at Dundee Lodge in Gaston, Oregon. Let's talk to Rob Stroop. Welcome to the Cupping Room. Thanks for having me. That's what this is. Uh, in World Cup Coffee and Tea, our home for coffee shop conversations at Northwest 18th and Gleason. Um, last time I really saw you was at one of our anniversary shows. That's right. You, yeah. you and, and Naomi played. And, Correct. And, uh, I think you had some other, some other pieces there. I don't think it was the two, was it the two of you. I, I think that, sh- if, if I remember correctly, yeah. that show was just the two of I us. I think so. Yeah. 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 And mo- as most shows are the, right. these days for economic, pr- I mean, we, we we like traveling as a duo, and it does it keeps the phone calls to a minimum. Uh-huh. And, uh But even as a duo, you still have a band name. Yes, we do. <laughs> Moody Little Sister. Why? Did, and what, where, where, where does that come from? Well, um, we had um, we had some management come into our lives for a little while, and the idea at the time was was kind of a female-centered you know rock band you know and kind of kind of punchy and a little bit a little bit more of a rock and roll thing than what we and uh so we kind of went down that road for a while and um that's when the name was chosen and and like all band names it doesn't really most band names don't really mean anything it's just the dot com is available and these (laughs) these days these days you know some some garage band in in you know sweden could that never plays out could own the dot com and you can't get the right. name, so we found one that was open and that kind of represented that rock band idea, uh-huh. and then um, you know that management situation. It was a great guy, but it didn't. It just didn't pan out and work out to be the right thing. And we had to kind of question who we were, and we were, you know, trying to be authentic to ourselves, and, and which was a more folky thing, really, yeah. in reality. But but we already had already worked on, um, you know, and played a lot of gigs under the name and. So the name is stuck. Speaking of names, Naomi isn't calling herself Huli anymore. No, she calls herself Naomi Stroop. So, oh. uh, yes. <laughs> Doesn't she call herself Naomi Sparrow? Well, on Facebook, she did that She did that on Facebook um, a while back just to kind of keep some of the old crowd from finding her. For just you know, There's just a lot of <laughs> hangover people that want to scrutinize what you do and yeah. in your new life. And so, so she changed her name to Naomi Sparrow long before we got married. <laughs> so... So you still have a ways to go before you catch up with Rob with with uh, uh, Josh Malm, however, as far as changing names. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we, we try and you know we thought about after after kind of the rock band idea was no longer um, you know our focus. We thought about changing the name again, but then you just think about the dot com. We have a record out with right. the name printed on it, you know, and all that stuff. So <laughs> we uh, we we we're, we're fine with it. We have a yeah, it's a great band yeah, name. Yeah. Yeah. It works. People yeah. remember it. We used yeah. to play gigs, and um, 
you know, we'd say, yeah, we're uh, Rob Stroop and Naomi Hooley, and they'd, they'd, n nobody would ever find us on online or anything. As <laughs> soon as we started saying we're Moody Little Sister, people would start finding us online. Yeah. So yeah. Well, that's the point, I guess. Pretty good. So you are actually leaving town. I am. Wow. Wow, that was a little sound effect. Yes. Oh, someone, oh, someone must want to talk to me. <laughs> Unless it was yours. No, no, it wasn't mine. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, we, we, it's been a long, difficult decision. I'm, I'm a native Portlander. Yeah. Uh, I've been here my whole life. So, um, But just a combination of things. I think over the last few years, um, Naomi and I have really been working hard um, touring a lot, averaging about 100 shows a year, um, 55,000 miles on our Honda Pilot in the last two years. Wow. You know, just really pounding pavement. So, and as Portland has gotten more and more and more expensive and yeah. more and more trafficy and all of the, all of those things, yeah. you know, and we're on the road a lot making our living. So it just doesn't, it stopped making sense to live somewhere expensive mm -hmm. when you make, when you make your living on the road. So, uh, that was part of the decision. Part of it was also just seasonal affective disorder. <laughs> this this winter was like the clincher um, of, yeah, all, the of all winters. So I've been here twenty years. It was the worst. Yeah, I mean, I've been yeah. So I I, I remember a few of these kind of winters from my childhood, but this, <laughs> this was a bad one. And um, so we're we're finding somewhere cheaper, somewhere sunnier, and uh, but we we still plan on being back up in the northwest in the summers. New Mexico. New Mexico. Why New Mexico? I know it's sunny. It's sunny. It's yeah. sunny more than anything else. Well, we, we just found a little town that is exactly what we're looking for. Really? Which is Which is kind of a... Um, we're getting in on the ground floor of an artistic community that's developing. You know, it's not it's not like one of those towns like Taos that's already all artsy and, yeah. cu and cute and um, ready to go and expensive. It's a town that artists are just starting to move into. It's a hot spring town. Uh-huh. And... Um, and it's got the real grand run right through it. It's got lakes and rivers and mountains around it, and it's cheap. So, <laughs> aren't you worried that people there are going to go? Oh no, they're moving in now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think there is an old contingency there of people that probably do feel that way. Yeah. Um, it's a very mixed town. There's 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 artists and healing, lots of healing arts surrounding the hot springs. Uh -huh. um, but uh, and you know and hippies and all that stuff and then and then there's you know there's the old contingency that have li lived there for generations and are fairly conservative and and we like we like it it's a kind of a salty town there's yeah. a lot of a lot of rugged you know individual kind of people so it's cool that's good yeah I saw on Facebook that you're selling you're selling your board. I am. Um, I, yeah. I basically. That I'm, must have been a tough decision. Well, it's. I don't want to move with it. It, it doesn't really isn't really going to fit into the new studio situation yeah. in in New Mexico. So, um, it was time to part ways with it. Wow. Um, a lot of studios these days are what they call in the box. Yes. This means you're not really analog. You're not using an analog board. Yeah. And this new studio that we're building is going to be one of those. It's going to be a high-end, really nice studio, but it's not going to be around a, a, a console. So, wow. Yeah. So anyone who wants a Soundcraft Ghost console out there, <laughs> just let me know. <laughs> Give you a deal. Is there any emotional attachment to that? You know, it's it's a piece of gear. There was a lot of records made on it, but the records were made with the people. You know, yeah. the signal flows through that stuff, but uh, yeah. but it's really the the notes and the people, so yeah. the art, so. 
I can I can let it go and be fine with it. I've gotten less and less attached to things. Yeah. With the exception of my acoustic guitar. Ah. That's the one thing I will still pry from my cold dead hands. How long have you had that? Um, approximately just shy of twenty years. Wow. What is it? It's a '67 Gibson J45. Uh-huh. That's what I play with Moody. And uh, how'd you get it? I was I I had saved up um you know a couple thousand dollars and and uh, which isn't really that much when you're talking about buying a vintage acoustic guitar. And was shopping. This was a long time ago in the '90s, um, and just had had my name out to like all to all the vintage guitar shops in town, and just like hey, if any Martin Guild or or Gibson from from the '60s or '50s comes in, I want to come take a look at it. And I went and looked at a couple of them, and did nothing really connected. Uh, I was on tour with um, my band back in that day, the Baseboard Heaters, and we were in Austin. And I I found this one at Austin Vintage Guitars, so. How did you know? It was it, it was just it was sung immediately as soon as you picked it up. Yeah, it was just like it was obvious. And it's it's um, yeah I've been attached it's been attached to my hip ever since. Wow, <laughs> I did a, did a, I did a piece on the cellist Zoe Keating one time, who was had, at that time was still playing the, the the her original cello, and she said that. Um, Trying to get a, a, a new guitar, I mean a new cello, was like dating. <laughs> she had to like go where it was and spend time with it. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that kind of what happened? Yeah, well, you definitely build a relationship with how a guitar plays and you start playing specifically to that instrument. Yeah. So there does take time for you to like... Um, other guitar players pick up that guitar, and you know they're they sound great on their guitar, yeah. but they're, this one is not the one for them because there's no relationship there. I mean, there's a there's a basic quality of the instrument thing there for sure too. Um, How old is it? Um, it's a '67, so wow. it's it's older than I am. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> not by much. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done anything to it over the years? No, it needs it needs some work actually. I was talking to Mike over at Portland Fretworks, and you know it needs about a thousand dollars put into it. Ah. <laughs> needs the neck needs to be reset. It's got a crack, but it still plays great. So I'm just gonna play it for a little while longer. You know, it's not like fixing an old car. <laughs> well, it sort of is. I mean, it's you know it it'll last forever if you keep if you keep it up. Well, you the, know? Car, the car talk guys always say, if you, if it, it, don't don't fix anything. Uh, major on a car that's over over, over 15 years old. <laughs> unless it's unless it's 50 years old and it's a classic yeah, yeah. and you're just restoring it, right. then, and that's kind of more what this thing is. You oh know? yeah, it's yeah. a classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, I mean, I could buy a, a pretty nice other guitar for a thousand, but when I get that money together, I'll put it into this guitar because yeah. it's a classic. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, so, uh, uh, he, he, are are do you have any projects in the works right now in the studio? Or, or I always you, have projects in the works. I know. Yeah. Uh, if you if you're you're changing your whole system, once you when you're moving in August. Uh, September. September. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, you, 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 we have to. Will you have to wrap your current projects up by then? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm uh, I'm planning to do that. I've got like just a couple of things. I'm just trying to time these projects so that I can close them before I go. Uh -huh. I'm gonna have. The ability to mix, you know, pretty much in the short term while I'm in New Mexico, it's going to take a little little bit longer to have 
the full-blown recording studio together down there, yeah. but I'll be I'll have the ability to mix. So if some of the projects aren't quite mixed yet, I could take them with me and mix uh -huh. them long distance. Uh -huh. But but yeah, um, I've got a couple projects. I'm working with Kaylee Stevens right now. Deborah Arlen is also, uh, which was one of my first clients way back in the day, but she's she's making some more some more tunes this summer with me. And then I think I was just talking to Skip Von Kusky about coming in and finishing up some stuff that he was working on. Ah. And I think I think that's going to be it. I think that's all that's going to be all I can fit. Wow. I mean, we'll we'll see if somebody calls, I'll see what I can do, but yeah. I'm going to I'm shooting to shut down in the middle of August. Jeez. Because we're um we have our big camping concert um our fourth annual camping concert at the end of August. I need to start working on that and then we have our farewell show um September 16th at the old church. And so those two big events I'm gonna, are going to take my time up. Plus, I have some stuff to sell before I leave. What is the camping concert? Um, what is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, this, this will be our fourth year. We started, we basically, um, a few years back, we were, you know, we've had a lot of bad experiences trying to play storytelling folk music in bars. It's just, you know, you, you walk into a bar and there's a number of reasons why people can be in a bar. And the least of these might be to listen to yeah. um, storytelling folk singers. So, <laughs> um, so rather than kind of go into those war rooms, you know, with all these warring intentions and people trying to get drunk or hook up or whatever, um, we 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 just try to be creative and find other avenues. And house concerts have been a big piece of that. But then we also just threw it out one year to our fans and said, "Hey, we're gonna do, <clears throat> we're gonna have do a camping concert. You just bring your tents, bring your kids, and um, and uh, we're gonna camp on this property. And us that first year, we just had us and one other act, Skybound Blue, and we just set up a stage and a tent out there, and we cooked pancakes for them literally ourselves <laughs> and made the coffee. And it was like it was like sixty some odd people. Yeah." And uh, the next year it was um, 150, and then the third year it was 250, and so this year we're w this year 300 will be sold out because uh -huh. of the grounds that we're using. Yeah. It's Dundee Lodge out out in Gaston, Oregon. Uh -huh. um, it's a really cool spot. Um, so we can't even promote that, can we? <laughs> oh yeah, well it's it's not sold out. There's lot there's oh. tickets left. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's Good. it's August um, 25th, 26th, and 27th. And um, this year we have, I mean, we have hired professional sound. We've got food carts. Oh. Um, we've got Max Gomez as one of our headliners. Uh -huh. I don't know if you know him. His star is kind of on the rise. Yeah. Um, yeah. He was at Sisters Folk Festival with us this last year. We were performing there as well. Um, we've got RLE on the bill. Um, we've got the Res Electrics are going to close out Saturday night. That rock band. Yeah. I love those guys. Um, who am I forgetting? Oh, Hollis Peach. Have you heard of this band, Hollis Peach? No. It's a husband and wife duo out of Ashland. They're oh. fantastic. Uh -huh. So it's going to be a great lineup, and uh, we're going to do we're going to do a parlor show on Friday night in the lodge. Just everybody's going to play a few songs acoustic, uh -huh. no no PA. Then uh, we have live live music yoga in the mornings. Saturday night will be our main main out, outdoor stage with a PA performance. And then we'll do uh, we'll do like a gospelish gospel for pagans review <laughs> on Sunday morning, and then that'll be the weekend. But it's going to be a blast. Every year has been awesome, and we're expecting a good a good turnout. So, what is storytelling for? Well, I mean, I think Naomi often says that she you know she used to she started writing songs to survive her life. Uh -huh. You know, it wasn't it wasn't to be cool or to you know 
or to try to look like an artist or do anything like that it was literally you know cathartic um so like the stories that she tells surrounding the songs are are have become a critical part of the show and the performance so you know and i think it it, it people appreciate it we get more as much as many comments on that as we do on the music itself wow you know so so it needs to be a forum where it's where people are listening you know so we've created those those places in houses and backyards and camping <laughs> um do you still get the urge to rock out yeah, you know, I'm 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 45 now, yeah. and uh, um, and we do we do rock out a bit, you know. Like we're writing some songs now that, um, I think this next record will have some rock rock songs on uh -huh. it. Naomi's playing more guitar these days, uh -huh. and uh, and you know, I I haven't really like uh, the, the Rob Strip and the Blame never like broke up. We just yeah. we just don't really. I'm just so busy with Moody that I just don't yeah. do it. But we'll yeah. we'll occasionally put that band together and play a show here and there. So, maybe we'll bring them down to uh, to New Mexico, do a show down there. <laughs> um, so, how, how did the baseboard heaters get formed? Well, because um, I mean that's that's a that's kind of an i kind of an iconic Portland rock band. That was uh, um, Matt Brown, who was kind of my co-founder in the baseboard heaters, yeah. um, and I. We went to junior high and high school together. Is that right? Yeah, we're, we, we go way back, out in Newburgh, uh -huh. Newburgh High. Um, and yeah, we formed uh, we formed a band. It was kind of one of the f actually the first band I played guitar and sang in. I'd been dr I'd play all drums up to that point, huh. so that was kind of my debut. Yeah, singing and playing guitar. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And we uh, we found um, we found this uh, Matt Souther and Jason Kurzmarzik was a drum and bass duo um, that were looking for a band as well, and you know. And we formed it, and that was like I, I don't know, got ninety four, ninety five, something like that. Wow. Were you playing originals then, or what? What were you playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We 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 started writing, uh, you know, originals, and we played. A, we worked in a few covers, but it was an original band for yeah. sure. Yeah. That's like uh, there there are a bunch of guys who started on drums. Damian Erskine started out as a drummer. You know that? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he was in here. He said uh, he was in college. And the problem was his dorm was like on the third floor and the practice area was in the next building on the, on the second floor. And he had to, he had to carry the drums uh, down, down three oh flights yeah. and up two flights. And then I thought, maybe I should have, maybe I should, it'd be a lot easier to carry a bass. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, um, that's a very motivating factor to get out of the drum gig. <laughs> I always said I'll, I'll play drums, I'll sit in on drums with you for free, but it costs you $100 for me to move my drum kit. <laughs> <laughs> you still get behind the kit sometimes? Um, less and less. Yeah, uh, you know, I I'll, I kick a little bit of drums with Moody when we're you know just does the duo yeah. kick drum with the right foot and some, uh. some of that stuff. But I haven't played drum kit in a while. I played I I played with James Lowe for about a year and a half, yeah. a few years back, and that was kind of my last like real drum seat gig. <laughs> Too busy. So if you started playing drums, did you have a, a, a drum drummer hero? Um, well, I have many drummer heroes, um, but my probably my greatest drummer hero these days actually played on our record. Really? Yeah. His name's Jay Bellarose. Uh huh. And, uh, yeah. I don't know if you know him. He's sure. kind of T Bone Burnett's guy. Sure. Um, but he's he's amazing. Yeah. So um, he's my drum hero. <laughs> now. How about back then, how about when you first back then it was all the classics. You know, it was Bonham and yeah. and uh, 
Keith Moon and, you know, <laughs> all those. I mean, even Neil Peart, I was into that yeah. in high school. You know, it was uh-huh. the 80s. Did you like Keith Moon because he was wild? I did. I mean, I just, I just, well, lo- I, I loved his, I loved his playing too. His playing was like lyrical almost. He would like follow the lyrics with his fills, and he was just crazy. Yeah. He was just, you know, so good. <laughs> did you ever kick the drums over? <laughs> uh, not till I was a guitar player. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, uh, I, I, how did you get together with? With, with Naomi professionally and personally? Well, um, actually, I had produced a record yeah. for um, Deborah Arlen, and Deborah and her band toured Alaska uh-huh. at the time when Naomi lived in Alaska. And it was um, one night w- uh, when Naomi had already put her pajamas on and popped the popcorn, was about ready to watch The Godfather. Her friend called her and told her that this band was playing, you should go see this band, and she almost didn't go. You know, but she got dressed, and she went out and saw them. They were all blown, you know, blown away. Deb Arlen's amazing. I don't know if you've ever seen her. Sure. but um, And so... Uh, so they they took him the band out for drinks afterwards. She listened to the CD on the way there. They were they had been looking for a producer. There's not a lot of options in Alaska, yeah, for studios or producers or anything. Yeah, for anything really, <laughs> but um, certainly short on on production and studios. Uh-huh. So um, so so they were kind of looking. They were and they were willing to travel to to the lower 48 to do it. So, um, she listened to the record. She she liked what she heard, and then they they found us. So I met her first professionally just recording her band mm-hmm. that band made that record and then broke up almost immediately oh boy. Um, they had all had plans to, to move out of Portland then everybody kind of got cold feet but her and so she ended up moving to Portland anyway and then we made her solo record this yeah. is an, an entirely different record yeah and at that time by the time she had moved to Portland both of our lives had kind of you know our personal lives had, yeah. had blown up you know so <laughs> Um, we, that's where we found each other romantically and fell in love and wow. and, and wow. made her solo record and then you know even even at that time um, you know we were st- I was still I was sitting in and performing her with her solo record and I was doing my band you know we hadn't really come together we came together as a couple but we hadn't come together totally musically yet until huh. a couple years later what um, did it take? I don't know I think it just took us um getting our head completely around that that it was the best thing I mean, it's just hard like you you know yeah. you've had this band you've worked on for years and you just right. you know you just keep playing with that band and then oh yeah i'm gonna sit in with you this sounds good too uh-huh. and you don't you know you, you don't really quite real it doesn't dawn on you that the whole thing the whole thing needs to come together yeah. and yeah. um and i think it, it helped it helped to have that kind of the solidification of that management come to our lives and kind of go, uh, let's form a band name and let's let's really focus on this thing and start writing for this thing. And I think that kind of helped us pull that together in a real way and put a name to it and commit to it. So Naomi said that it was the hardest thing. It was harder than getting than deciding to get married to change her Facebook from <laughs> from Naomi Hooley to Moody Little Sister. Like that was a bigger <laughs> commitment. <laughs> Because you know you work so hard to get those fans there and get them all, you know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, but that was that was uh, uh, close to five years ago. So we've been touring under wow. the name Moody Little Sister for wow. a few years now, wow. quite a few. Wow. Do you have special times of the day to work together, or how, how do you, how how does the what's the creative process between the two of you? Um, 
you know she she's a fountain of songs really she's yeah. she's just always writing i mean even when we're hiking and she kind of goes quiet in the conversation i know it's because the song is uh-huh. bugging her so she's kind of always you know always has a bunch of bunch of um uh song seeds you know that are that have been planted and, and are at various stages of completion and then you know, we kind of schedule some time, and we just we just work on them together. Sometimes they're almost fully formed; and they just need to be closed, and I'll co-write with her to kind of close the song. Sometimes they're just a chorus, and we just need we need to write verses. We need to write most of the song, and so uh-huh. we do a lot of co-writing these days. I would say probably two thirds of our songs are co-written, wow. and then the rest of them she's writing. Lucky you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's it's different. It's a different world for me. Um, you know the transition to producer. I honestly write a lot less as a as a record producer than I did before. Really? Yeah, because it's just it's just um, you know when you're working a day job that you hate, you just can't wait to get home and write a song. Right. You know, but when you're working on music all day, it taps that part of your of your creative being. Yeah. You know, and so you're yeah. you're kind of tired of that. You don't really want to write a song at the end of the day uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> necessarily. So um, it's it's really um, an awesome situation for me because I don't have to. I don't have that pressure of trying to be the person coming up with songs. It's uh-huh. I can be, I can exercise my songwriting yeah. chops in closing them, but I, I I don't initiate very many songs anymore. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so do you think you'll be touring as much after you move? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Probably more, um, uh. because you know we're like right now. You know we make a little bit of money on the road. But then we got to come home and work, 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 and that's part of part of that's the, the problem is the expense of living here is is prohibitive, you know. Yeah. So where we're going is so cheap that I think we'll be able to make our living on the road mostly and just supplement with a couple of things. But um, so we'll probably spend a lot more time gigging, and it's pretty central. It's you know it's right in the middle of the states, so we've got Texas and Colorado and you know, Arizona and California here and like, you know, we're surrounded by places to tour from where in the Northwest you're kind of up in the corner, you yeah. know, and you got, we've been touring Seattle to San Francisco a lot. Uh-huh. And then the last couple of years we've started, well actually the last year and a half, we've started going down through the Southwest, uh-huh. which is, is that how you found this place? Yeah. Well, actually I, um, We've been looking to get out of the city. I'll back up a little bit for for some time. And some friends of ours brought bought some property out near Rainier, Oregon, twenty two acres. And we uh, we've been talking to them about building some cabins out there and kind of living, you know, off grid and building some tiny homes and just trying to get out of the city somewhere we can get rejuvenated between shows and not be in traffic. Yeah. Um. And uh, we actually built a cabin. I built a little cabin out there, just a tiny little 10 by 12. But um, uh, then, me- meanwhile, I was ta- we were talking to our friend Sarah. Her name's Sarah Hoffman. And uh, and she she gave me a book. She's like, you know, you're interested in getting off grid. She had started this farm down, in, down near Salem. And she's like, you should read this book called The Good Life Lab. It was written by Wendy Tremaine. She she moved from from these powerful these powerful professional people in New York decided to move and get off grid and move to the to New Mexico. You should read this book; it's really inspiring. So I read it, and meanwhile we had we had gone to the Grand Canyon, and Naomi's already falling in love with the desert. Yeah. So we were tra- like, we got a tour through the desert, so we can spend more time there. 
I said, I should call this author of this book or, or, or write her and just see if I can get a hold of her and see if she wants to set up a gig. She used to be in music as well. She got right back to me and set up a gig in this town. This, the town's called Truth or Consequences, New, oh, yeah. Me New Mexico. Yeah. And, uh, and so we went down there and played a gig and fell in love with the town. And we t we've been back three or four times since and bought a house. And <laughs> so, yeah. You're going to be in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico? Mm -hmm. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, and I used to watch the TV show. Yeah. Which was a fabulous show. I mean, I don't yeah. know. What it, I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, who knows if I looked at it now, if I would think it was fabulous. I might just think it was funny. But uh, And at the end, they always said, Truth the Consequences, New Mexico. And I always wondered about it. Mm. Is there a TV show museum in Truth the Consequences? Yeah, as a matter of fact, there is a museum, and it does, <laughs> it does include a section um, about the TV show because the town was named after the TV show. Did you know that? Yeah. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it was Hot Springs, New Mexico. Is that right? Previous to that. <laughs> There was some kind of contest. I don't know the details of how it all went down, but there was some sort of contest where they were the winning town, and they yeah. actually changed their name to the name of the show. <laughs> so then the, the park downtown was named after the host oh, of the oh, show. What was his name? I can't remember yeah. now. <laughs> um, that's funny. These days, you'd have to get a, you, you, they'd have to, they would have to pay a town a lot of money Yeah. to get them to change the name. Well, but they change it to the they change it to like Moda or something. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it'd be some corporate name. Microsoft New Mexico. Yeah, exactly. It's coming. <laughs> Colgate Toothpaste New Mexico. <laughs> oh man, oh jeez. Um, so, um, uh, do you do you think that some of your Portland colleagues will? Will come down and record. That's the that's the goal. I mean, I I to, to, to get to get especially during the winter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, this look. I've done um, a, a number of de what I what I like to call destination recordings. Uh -huh. um, our friend our our friend has a beach house in Seaside, and so Bob Dunham and I would put pull our gear together and set up a recording studio. It was a lot of work to move all this stuff out there, but we'd set up a recording studio in a in in this beach house. This is big beach house with like six bedrooms and it was a wonderful house um and i've done three records out there that way and and it's so cool because it's not just cool because you're because it's kind of a mini vacation but it's also cool because you're able to totally immerse in your art it's not like a lot of sessions i do here in portland you know they're running in after work they've dropped the kids off they yeah. got to go pick them up you know they got yeah. they've got phone calls coming in while they're you know in, in between vocal takes, and they're trying to immerse themselves in this in this art, and it's 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 difficult to do it that way. I mean, it's possible, but but uh, these destination recordings are cool because you get to go there and just make your record and focus 100% on your art. So what I'm hoping is that because the you know the prices down there are cheap, maybe we can make our recording studio cheap enough to justify the travel costs of coming to a hot spring town. And uh, you know, hanging out and soaking and making your record, yeah. and getting so. out of the rain, getting out of the rain, and yeah. the, the winter time will be a great time to do that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll be up here in the summer, so it won't be, and that right. wouldn't be a good time to do it down there anyway. It'd be, it'd be hot, but yeah. but yeah, any other time of the year, it's beautiful. This town is like uh -huh. seventy-five to eighty-five degrees most most of the year. Wow. So, wow. and in the in the winter time when it's cold, it's like sixty. Yeah. <laughs> Now, about getting into into producing and recording, were, were you always a gear geek? Um, 
No, I would say I would say that all of my technical, my relationship with technology is purely pragmatic. You know, I'm 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 on a need to know basis. <laughs> so if I need to know it, I figure it out. Um, but I'm I'm not I'm not the I'm not the kid who took the radio apart and put it back together. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm the kid who listened to the radio. <laughs> So I come I come at it from a very artistic perspective, but yeah, I mean now that I'm into it, I could geek out for, with anybody for hours, you know, on right. on preamps and microphones and whatever. But <laughs> it's just because I've been trying to make records sound good, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, what, what, when did you realize you had an ear? Um, I think I think it was more of a fascination. I I don't know. Um, I think the ear came later it was it was more lucky i just i just loved the studio process just from an artist's perspective you know i just loved making records it was so fun um and so i wanted to i wanted to do that i wanted to, as soon as i it was really inspired by our actually the guy that produced uh, our wild places album pete droge uh-huh. we the heaters went up and made some recordings with him up at his studio and that was the first time that i really realized that a home studio could actually be a legitimate recording studio i kind of had that because it was it was a different time back then it was like yeah. you know the, the little project studios in people's homes were pretty primitive and pretty bad you know there wasn't a lot of really good you know smaller studios uh-huh. that's changed as technology has changed over yeah. the last couple yeah. decades yeah. but um but that was the first time that made it seem possible and that's when i started collecting gear and starting conniving a way to get out of my day job what was your day job um, I worked for a bank, of all things. I, I graduated from college in '95, and I went to work for this. Um, it was a, it was a credit card bank, so it was it wasn't like a you know walk-in checking savings kind yeah. of bank. It was 1,400 employees, <laughs> in you know in this nameless buildings out in Beaverton. Yes. Um, Which is full of nameless buildings. Full of nameless buildings out there, seas of them with call centers and whatnot. Yeah. So. Yeah, and so I kind of worked my way up from you know answering phones to being a project manager, and uh-huh. and hated every second of all of, all of it, all the way up that ladder <laughs> was miserable. But that was the miserable job I could come home from and yeah. write write songs, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I remember that when I was uh, in my twenties, uh, I, I I was carrying around Henry Miller with me at all times, <laughs> and one part of uh, one of the Rosie Crucifixion trilogies is the day that he quit his job with the Telegraph Company. Yes, <laughs> to become a writer, and I just would, I would just keep that with me, and it, it and it just inspired. And I did, I did it. Yeah. One day I was walking down the street and said, "Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to quit my day job and just be a writer." Good and for I you. Did. Yeah, and it's I really possible. have never had a day job since then, and that was. That was in the uh, that was in the in the in the mid seventies. <laughs> I wish I wish I could um, you know tell a story with that much bravery, but um, the bank that I worked it for bravery was stupidity. <laughs> <laughs> the the bank that I worked for actually went under. Oh. So they they got they were getting investigated by the comptroller of currency for questioning questionable lending practices. So my final project my, my as a yeah. project manager was called Project Phoenix. It was supposed uh-huh. to make the make the bank rise from the ashes. Yeah. It it didn't. Oh. It went down, and I got a severance package, and it was the best thing ever because <laughs> I, I went off and started my recording studio and never looked back. Wow, that's so, great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, 
Whatever it takes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I was already building it. I was already planning it. It just, yeah. ha- just so happened to be, you know, fortuitous timing. So, <laughs> um, so uh, you, must be all, you must be all excited about this. This is, this is a, a big challenge. It's a, a huge change for you. It is. You're it's, leaving home. Yeah, it is. It's it's enormous um, change. And it's the first time. Well, I, I spent a year and a half in the Santa Cruz area, uh-huh. go, you know, going to school. But... Other than that, um, I've lived in the Northwest my whole life, so it is a big yeah. change. Yeah. But I feel ready for it, you know. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I, when I moved, I moved here 20 years ago, and that was what, what that was good. I, I, I needed I needed to get out of Baltimore, really bad. Mm. Right. Career had gone south, and it's a tough it town. Horrible, yeah. And it was it was going to be either New Orleans, Portland, or Santa Cruz. Oh, really? And I visited Santa Cruz. And there is an old radio station that sits up on a cliff overlooking the ocean. I don't know mm. if it's still there, if you, if you ever saw it. It's an old AM radio station. And I had had, I had been on a, uh, uh, a, a, a national talk network. And my show had been on that station. And I just oh, yeah. visited it. And I went, oh, I want to live here in this radio station because I'm a radio, I'm a, I'm a station rat, right? Yeah. And I never got, you know, I decided to move here instead because I met somebody. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Santa Cruz was... was it's one of my favorite beach towns yeah. anywhere. Yeah. It's yeah. just, it's the coolest town. It's getting it's getting kind of um, more developed and more expensive now. Yeah. I've visited there recently in the last couple it's, of years. And oh, it's, of it's, it's not oh, quite as... Like everything. It's yeah. not quite as tattered yeah. beach town as it was back yeah. then. It was cool. It was like, for me, it was like uh, um, John Turturro and Barton Fink with the picture of the girl on the beach. <laughs> did you yeah, see that? Yeah, I did. I did. It's been years, but that's that was what what looking at this radio, this radio, just standing there looking at this radio station, look on a cliff overlooking the ocean. That's what it was like for me. Mm. <laughs> well, that is a cool town. Yeah. So yeah, it it was fun. To, it was fun to live there. I surfed a little bit. I was young. I was in my early twenties. Yeah. 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 What What do you think the biggest challenge is going to be for you there? Um, I think it's going to be um, finding Lebanese food. <laughs> 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 no, I mean, it's it's just going to be adjusting from not having everything right at your fingertips. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things. Like Las Cruces is an hour and a half south of us, and Albuquerque is two hours north. Uh-huh. And so, you know, it's like we can't just go run and get something. Like... I was the last time I was down there. We needed this drill bit. We're working on the studio. We're building this. We need this yeah. drill bit, and there that drill bit just wasn't in our town. You yeah. know, we're, it's going to be three hours round trip to get that drill wow. bit. That's just the way it is. And there's like you know there's a there's a handful of restaurants to go out and eat. You know, there's just like it's it's going to be adjusting living um, in a town of a million to a town of six to eight thousand. You know. Wow. But uh, we're also we're also seeking some solitude, you know. So that's yeah. it's a plus and it's a minus, you know. We're yeah. we're wanting to get to a quieter place. I mean, Naomi was drove downtown. Um, we were in, in the town a couple weeks ago, and she drove downtown. And literally, there was no car on the street, but a tumbleweed was <laughs> literally tumbled <laughs> right down, right down the there, main. There's a song. Well, she we already a have a song right called there. Tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> so, but um. But yeah, we're looking for the quiet. So I think yeah. um, you know, with the quiet comes a little bit less options. Yeah. So that'll be the adjustment. How do you think that's going to affect your art, and 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 Naomi's? Oh, I think it's. I think the desert is amazingly inspiring. You know, like artistically, we have a mountain uh-huh. view from our property, yeah. from our house. Yeah. And uh, 
and just the quiet and the less hustle bustle and having to and, and being able to focus on our art more. I think it's going to be a positive thing. Yeah. Well, it helped Captain Beefheart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where did he move? In the desert. Oh, to the desert. Yeah. California. Yeah. I mean, it's the desert. Um, feels. I don't know if you get too woo woo, but the veil feels thinner. You uh-huh. know, out there, it just feels like you're more, you're closer to the other world yeah. in some way. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I would, I would guess that when you do come back here and start and and, and play, people are gonna, well, you know, hey, Rob's playing, and you know, Naomi's playing. I haven't seen them for six months, and so, you know. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun to have a little homecoming each each year because yeah. I, th- I think we're planning on spending basically June through August uh-huh. in the Northwest, um, and so then we're also planning on doing some some live streaming you know uh-huh. um, performances from New Mexico throughout the year. So what what are you what are your plans for the your your uh, farewell concert? Oh, it's going to be a blast. Um, we have we have some guests that are going to be joining us, and um, uh, all of our guests, including Deborah Arlen. Arlie, um, Catherine Clare is going to join us, um, but they're they're going to be doing um, they're going to be doing some of their own original music and also covering us. So it's going to be fu- it's going to wow. be a fun night. We're going to tell a story. And it's all going to yeah, yeah. It's going to be a fun yeah. night. Where's it going to be? At the old church. Oh right, you September sixteenth. Yeah. Anyone good. who was at the record release at the old church, you know, yeah. a couple Octobers ago, um, yeah. will know it's going to be an incredible night. Have you ever incorporated that organ into any shows there? That old tracker. Oh, oh, the, the big, the big organ? pipe organ. No, yeah. no, oh. no. I don't even know. I don't think they just fire that up for anyone, or maybe they do. Maybe oh, for a fee. Probably for a fee, <laughs> but you know, I mean, geez, it's yeah. a, it's ancient and it sounds beautiful. Yeah, I've, I've, I've heard it played. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pipe organ nut. Mm. I did a story one time on every theater organ that's left in the state of Oregon. Oh yeah. yeah, there's there's one at the college. What college is that? That the, there's a huge one. Uh, 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 it's a private uh, school, I think. Uh, college. I know there's one at the old high school, Cleveland High School, mm. that they just sort of. I mean, all, well, I think all, it's, all I think the Macons are up there. All the pipes and everything are are, are still up, up in the in the in the in the fly area mm. of the the, the the auditorium. But they roll out the manual and and the, and the other some other pieces of gear from a closet. Oh, interesting. Yeah, there's a bunch of people have them in their in their homes. I think there's. I think it might be Pacific University out yeah. in Forest Grove. Jesus, I, I missed. Did I miss that one? Jeez. I, b- I believe they that have one. <laughs> um, well, listen. Thank you for coming in. Yeah. I uh, best of luck to you, and and thank you, uh, thank you guys for playing at our at our anniversary show a few years back. Uh, you know that was a wonderful show. And uh, we really appreciate that. And, awesome. and, uh, Absolutely. If I, and if I if I might, I'm just going to give one last little quick little plug. Sure. Um, camping concert, August 25th through the 27th. Uh-huh. Um, uh, farewell show, September 16th at the Old Church. Uh-huh. And then find us um, www.moodylittlesister.com it'll, or uh, on Facebook. It'll be on the page. Yeah, okay. It'll, it'll be right there on the page. Don't yeah, and then um, be looking for... Um, I think it's going to be called Turtle Medicine Studios in Truth or Consequences, what New is Mexico. That well, the the mountain that, that the, t- the whole town looks at is Turtle Mountain. It looks like it has a turtle laying on top of it. <laughs> so it's um, it's Turtle Mountain. And then uh, we're, we're kind of like into um, animal medicine. It's uh-huh. kind of a native um, 
the native practice of just listening to what the animals are what animals are visiting you and what those totems mean basically uh-huh. so that's where it kind of comes from turtle medicine yeah. I, I think that's going to be the name it, it may it may change but uh, that right now that's the working title that's a good title yeah 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 my cat never never shuts up <laughs> <laughs> she's always talking to me good <laughs> yeah well listen thanks a lot best of luck yeah. say hi to Naomi for me and, will do and um, just uh We'll be looking forward. All right. Coming back. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for having me.